All right. Well, let's get started. If anyone jumps in, they're welcome to. And uh, the at the end, we can do a little Q and A or something. But I, I want to uh, thank Eric for giving us our presentation tonight. He has uh, a lot of good stuff to share. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Um, as we discussed, we're going to be looking at Matthew 24 and what Jesus has to say the end of time will be like. So uh, the signs that surround the end. Um, certainly crazy things are happening right now. It's the most significant events that's ha globally that's happened in my life, uh, even more than 9-11. 9-11 was pretty significant, but this is uh, even more so for me. Um, I'm, not the, I'm not the oldest individual in, in this meeting room here. Um, I wouldn't name anyone if I if I thought that was uh, thought they were. <laughs> Why are you waiting, Sharon? <laughs> I doubt that. But uh, let's let's have prayer and let's uh, let's dive into this. Father in heaven, we are grateful that we can take a few minutes to study your word. Jesus has given abundant counsel about what the end of times will be like as we reflect this evening on the words that he gave two thousand years ago. They seem even more relevant today. Bless us now as we open your, your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. So Eric, thank you. Uh, Eric is going to give us our presentation. I think he's got a uh, PowerPoint to share with us. If there's any issues with your visibility or your audio seeing this, please send a chat and, uh, so that I can see it and be aware of it. And then we can, we can work to make sure everything's there. I'm going to mute those of you that aren't muted so that uh, it doesn't create. Eric Flickinger, I'm not gonna mute you. That one looks good. Okay, uh, okay, we're good to go. All right, Eric, time is yours. I'm gonna see if I can uh, share my screen here in just a second, but you know, looking at what's going on in the world around us today, it's, uh, life is very, very interesting. As Chris mentioned just a few moments ago, this is not business as usual. There are some very significant things happening in the world and it's causing a lot of people uh, no small amount of distress. So I'm going to see if I can share my screen here and put up a, a few pictures that you uh, you may find rather interesting. We're going to look at some uh, some signs that Jesus said would be taking place in the world very shortly before he returns. I was up in Maryland this past weekend and was speaking up there to a a church full of people that was not as full of people as it might otherwise have been. Uh, there was kind of a, a skeleton crew that was there and a lot of people were tuning in online, which is uh, kind of the norm these days. You know, a month ago, even a couple of weeks ago, we wouldn't expected this, but, uh, but here we are. And in fact, we're meeting right now via Zoom because of what's going on in the world right now, namely the coronavirus. And if you think it hasn't impacted the world, just go try to buy to toilet paper somewhere. Uh, this was the shelves in uh, one of the grocery stores right where I was staying for, uh, for if you were trying to pick up toilet paper. There was nothing there. And uh, they had a limit of two uh, packages of bath tissue. Uh, you couldn't even get two. There was, there was absolutely nothing. And it wasn't just bath tissue and hand sanitizer that was unavailable. I was at another store just uh, just across the street from where I was staying, and you can see that there was virtually nothing left in the meat case. Uh, you know, chicken, turkey, ham, beef, the whole nine yards. It was it was empty. I think I'm counting about four 
packs of some sort of meat that were there. But what was rather interesting, and uh, especially to the group that we're talking about tonight, that is the, the best way group, there was virtually no meat there, but in the produce section, there was tons. I mean, you could get peppers and you could get squash and you could get salad and you could get all kinds of stuff. So veggies in abundance, but no meat whatsoever. So I thought that was, was rather interesting. I grabbed a screenshot just about 30 minutes before our program here this evening started. So as of, uh, what is today, the 19th, March 19th of 2020, uh, coronavirus cases currently 244,615, deaths 10,014, and recovered 87,407, at least according to this website anyway. So life has changed dramatically. Depending on where you are, schools are closed. Uh, all of the big events, concerts, and uh, get-togethers, even family get-togethers, many of them have been canceled or curtailed or limited to 10 people or fewer. Many schools are closed. Uh, you know it's bad when you can't go eat at McDonald's. And not even McDonald's can you go eat at. You might, you could drive through yesterday. I don't know if you can even drive through today. But Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, all the dining rooms and all the, uh, the restaurants, it seems, are closed. And it's, it's very, very empty out in the world today. So what exactly is going on? And how does this all kind of uh, fit together with what's happening in the world today? Hey, kiddo. No, Alani says hi to everybody. Hi. There we go. She's getting ready for bed. Night, night, sweetie. Bye, Daddy. Bye, kiddo. But what's happening in the world today, and where does it fit in with, with what the Bible has to say? So we're going to dig in and take a look at a, a very significant chapter in the Bible tonight, and uh, that's Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 3, it says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him, that is Jesus, Jesus privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? So Jesus' disciples wanted to know what life was going to be like in the world just before Jesus returned, just before he came back the second time. And when you start talking about end time events, especially within the context of, of biblical Christianity, more often than not, the conversation turns to the book of Revelation, and rightly so. The book of Revelation was written by the apostle John a number of years after Jesus had been crucified, rose again, and ascended to heaven. And it was one of the last books that was written in the Bible, giving us kind of a, a picture of, of everything else that's in there, tying it all together. In fact, Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 begins with these words. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, when you talk about the word revelation, the root word of revelation is to reveal. The word reveal simply means to show or to explain or to open. And so the introductory, the introductory phrase that leads us into the book of Revelation is the revelation, in other words, the revealing of Jesus Christ. So as you look at the book of Revelation, keep in mind the purpose of this book, why John wrote this book. He wrote the book to reveal Jesus Christ to us, to reveal Jesus' plan of salvation, to reveal how this whole uh, life that we are involved in, this whole history of humanity, comes to a close. He says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him 
to show his servants. So this is a, a, a picture that John was given in vision by God. So God has, has given this, gifted this book to John, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John. The word signified really means to, to put into signs or into pictures. He signified it. There's a lot of symbols in the book of Revelation and in its sister book in, in the Old Testament, that is the book of Daniel, a lot of symbols that in order to rightly understand the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ, we have to kind of unpack some of those symbols. We're not going to dive too much into that this evening, uh, maybe at a later date, but the book of Revelation is given to us to reveal Jesus Christ and uh, what he has to, to offer us. It continues, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. So a lot of people are kind of afraid of the book of Revelation and looking at end time events. There's really no need to be afraid because John says it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God has given to show people what's going to take place. And then he says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. But then he goes a little bit further. John says, not only are you blessed if you read it and hear it, but he says, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So if we read it, if we listen to it, and if we keep the things that we find in Revelation, then we are going to be in good shape. And then he says, for the time is near. Now again, like I said, a lot of people, when they get to the book of Revelation, they get really scared because there are these sim symbolic pictures of, of beasts and angels and the battle of Armageddon. But what it's all about and don't miss this, this is so key to understanding the book of Revelation, is it's about Jesus Christ. It reveals Jesus to us. And one of the great pictures in the book of Revelation is Jesus' return to this earth to fix all the things that have gone wrong. When we talk about Jesus' return to this earth, uh, even among Christians, you get some very interesting ideas, and they're not all in sync one with another. In fact, just a few years ago, back in 2011, there was a, a popular Christian radio preacher who predicted a date when Jesus was going to be returning, May 21, 2011. And the whole world got in an uproar, wondering whether this was going to take place or not. Uh, those Christians who spent a good time studying the Bible knew that it was not going to take place because there's a very specific verse in the Bible where Jesus says, no man knows the day or the hour of Christ's return. So we don't know when that's going to take place, but as we just saw there a couple of uh, slides ago, we do know when Christ's return is going to be near, and that's something that we can look forward to. One pair of verses or, or three verses that are important as we're working through tonight over the next few minutes, important ones to remember are found in John 14 verses 1 through 3. These are the words of Jesus. If you happen to have a red letter Bible that, that highlights in red the words of Jesus, these words would be found in red. Jesus says in John 14, 1 through 3, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So one of the great promises that Jesus has made to humanity, to you and to me, is that he went to heaven. He went to his Father's house. But where he went, he says he's going to come back again, and he's going to take us to where he currently is. So for those of us living in this world that right now is, is being 
frightened almost to death with coronavirus and with violence and with so many other challenges, Jesus says, remember, I've gone ahead to heaven. I'm preparing a place for you, not just a place. He says, I'm preparing a mansion for you. And I'm going to be coming back and getting you and taking you up to where I am in heaven. So this is a fantastic uh, passage that we can uh, hang our hat on. We can, we can rely on this, that Jesus made a promise that where he went, that's heaven, he's going to be coming back and taking us back there as well. But what is it going to be like? What will life be like in the days leading up to the return of Jesus? Back in Matthew chapter 24, which is a, a phenomenal, what you might call end time mm -hmm. chapter, it really has a lot to do with what is taking place in the world right now and is taking place in the world just before Jesus comes back. If you look at Matthew 24, verse 3, it says, speaking of Jesus, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? They wanted to know what things would be like in the world just before the end of the age, or the King James says, just before the end of the world. And they said, what will be some of the signs of your coming? What can we look for happening in the world just before you come back? And so Jesus answers that. In verse number 36, he says, of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. So if anybody ever comes and says, we figured out exactly the date when Jesus is going to come back, Jesus says, no, nobody knows that, but you can know the season. You can know when he's going to be coming back roughly, painting in broad strokes. An important verse to remember is found in 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, describing the Bible, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. When we look at the Bible, it's not just an ordinary book. It's not like a uh, a textbook that you might read in, uh, in a class in school or in college at the university. It's not like a, a storybook in, in the fiction department of your favorite bookstore, but this is a, a book that has been tested and tried over hundreds and hundreds, in fact, thousands of years and shown to be accurate. And that's because it's not just an ordinary book written by men. It was inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It says here in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, it is, it is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit inspired the Bible writers, and they came together, and they, uh, they penned the various verses, the various uh, books and chapters of the Bible that we have today. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. So coming back to Matthew chapter 24, the, di the disciples said, what's it going to be like just before you return? And Jesus answers them in verse six, and he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So Jesus said, just before I come back, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Now, as we look in the world today, are there wars and rumors of wars? What would you say? It doesn't take long to take a look around. I mean, just uh, pull up your favorite news website, whatever it happens to be, whether it's MSNBC or, or Fox or CNN or Drudge Reporter or whatever you like, Bloomberg, there's wars all over the world. And it seems, seems like the U.S. is involved in quite a few of them. Now, in truth, there have been wars for, uh, for hundreds, for, for thousands of years. But the difference is what we're seeing now is there are more and more wars and they're getting worse than they were in the past. They're getting bloodier than they were in the past. And we're seeing a lot more people involved. Back in World War I, there were about 24 million deaths. In World War II, there were 60 million deaths. 
Then you've got the Iran, Iran-Iraq war. You've got uh, the Gulf War. You've got wars in Afghanistan and Pakistan. And uh, now we've got the threat of war from several different uh, areas, whether you're talking about Iran or North Korea, and it just goes on and on. So what we're seeing today is not business as usual. It's not what's been going on uh, for thousands of years, but we're seeing an exponential increase in the number of people who are dying as a result of war and the number of wars that we are involved in today. Uh, so they're getting uh, bloodier and bloodier as the technology continues to increase. Then Jesus continues and he says, Matthew 24, verse 7, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Now, I don't have to draw your attention, I don't think, to, uh, to pestilences. Uh, famines, we've, we've been around long enough to know that there are famines in different parts of the world. I remember back when I was growing up, it was Ethiopia that was having big problems, but we're seeing other parts of the world today that are suffering from famines. I think I read a statistic recently that about 11% of the world is what you would consider hungry, doesn't have enough food to, to adequately take care of themselves. And you add to that the problem of pestilences today. Now, again, the one that we're seeing in the news right now, of course, is coronavirus. But in the not too distant past, we had SARS, we had Ebola, we had bird flu, we had mad cow disease, we had MERS. And so the number of diseases is increasing and those that have been around for a while are becoming more and more drug resistant. Uh, this current one, coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus, is, uh, is a challenge because it seems to have, have leapt from animals over to human beings, and now it's transmitted between human beings, and it seems to be uh, kind of adjusting itself, which makes it very difficult to develop a, a vaccine for. Uh, I think the latest estimates that I heard were, were probably uh, 18 months for them to develop a vaccine, and, and who knows whether it's even going to... Uh, change by then and whether the vaccine would be effective. So as we've been looking at things in the best way seminar, one of the, some of the things that we've been covering about how to live a healthier lifestyle would be very applicable. Uh, we can decrease the likelihood of us getting sick. Uh, I'm not going to suggest that uh, we can totally prevent it, but we can certainly swing the odds in our favor if we are living a healthy lifestyle and practicing some, uh, some smart biblical practices there. But COVID-19 or the coronavirus is one that we are absolutely seeing in the world today. And it's, it's, it's completely upsetting uh, life as normal. So he said that there would be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. And a lot of times earthquakes, if they happen out in the ocean, they end up uh, triggering tsunamis, tidal waves. And we can probably think of uh, places like Haiti a few years ago. I think 220,000 people were killed in, uh, in the earthquake in Haiti. There have also been a number of uh, tsunamis that have hit, uh, hit Japan, they've hit Indonesia, and tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people uh, killed there. You add on top of that uh, hurricanes, typhoons. Uh, we had tornadoes just a, what, a few weeks ago. We had some tornadoes that went through Nashville, not too far away from here, and killed a number of people there. Uh, so some of these are more predictable, some of them are less predictable. And in the grand scheme of things, Jesus said you can expect to see all these things. And so they, they are, at least to that extent, predictable. Jesus says you're going to see all these things, and it's going, to, it's going to be an indicator that my return is near. Some places are experiencing floods, and other places are experiencing droughts. And the places that are experiencing droughts, a lot of times they have wildfires, uh, brush fires, bush fires, and you're seeing a lot of uh, 
of land that's being destroyed. You're seeing homes, you're seeing people lose their lives as a result of that as well. But I want to draw your attention back to John 14 again. Always remember what Jesus said. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So again, just remember when you see all these things, remember that Jesus promised he is going to be coming again. And the fact that we're seeing these things in the world today, he doesn't want us to be uh, to be taken by surprise. He doesn't want us to be alarmed. What he does want us to know is to take it into consideration. What does all this mean? When this is all happening, Jesus says, know that my coming is near even at the doors. In Matthew 34, verse 37, it says, but as the days of Noah were, so will also the coming of the Son of Man be. So another indicator of Christ's return being near is that the world is going to be like it was in the days of Noah. So I guess the next logical question is, what was the world like in the days of Noah? If you take a look at Genesis 6, verse 5, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's what life was like back in Noah's day. In Genesis 6, verse 11, it says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And again, all we have to do is look at life today, and realize that we're living in that time. I've got a picture up on the screen, and many of you are probably familiar with that, even though it's a few years old now. That, of course, was uh, Columbine, Colorado. That was kind of the one that, that put school shootings on the map. And back then, I don't know if you're like me, you looked at that and you thought, man, this is terrible. Can't imagine things getting worse than this. This is as bad as they can get. But it didn't take long before Virginia Tech came along, and also over in Norway, there was the mass shooting that was there. So this has become almost a, a regular occurrence, whether you talk about the uh, shooting at the concert down in Las Vegas a few years ago, uh, it just gets worse and worse. So it was a Sandy Hook a few years ago. This has just become the norm, unfortunately. But what Jesus says is when you see all these things happening, when you see the wars and rumors of wars, when you see the earth filled with violence, when you see famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, in Matthew 24, verse eight, he says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. So you're seeing these things, he says, but you can anticipate that you're going to see more of them and they're going to get worse. But again, he says, all of this is an indicator that my return is very, very near. So when you see all this happening in the world, take heart that he, he says, I am going to be returning very, very soon. All these, he says, are the beginning of sorrows. In Luke 21, verse 28, again, to, to put this in perspective, Jesus says, now, when these things begin to come to pass, or when, they things, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Don't become discouraged. Don't become despondent. You've got a lot of people, because of what's happening in the world today, they're getting depressed. They're getting discouraged. Uh, the anxiety is ridiculous. Uh, you've got people hoarding all kinds of things. Uh, like I said, toilet paper and hand sanitizer and food of every kind that you can imagine. I mean, try, try to find some Clorox wipes and just forget it. They're, they're not around. So people are living in fear. You've got people who are, are going, if they do have to go to a public place, we're all familiar with, uh, with social distancing now that we have to, to uh, 
to participate in or to practice. And you've got people who are dressing head to toe in, in these uh, suits to, to keep people from touching them. And, and everywhere you go, you've got hand sanitizer. I'm not suggesting that you, that you shouldn't take precautions. I mean, uh, the basic instruction that we have right now is, is wash your hands with soap and water regularly. Don't touch your face, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and so forth. And, and keep at least six feet away from, from people. Uh, all great, uh, great advice and, and very appropriate for the times in which we live. But you've got some people who are just scared to death of what's going on. Jesus says, listen, when you see these things happen, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. So keep it all in perspective. As I mentioned, the book of Revelation that talks a lot about end time has a parallel in the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, the angel tells Daniel, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So one of the signs that we can expect to see at the end of time is that knowledge would increase. Now that's knowledge in a couple of different areas, uh, specifically what uh, the angel was talking about here and that Daniel penned. He's talking about biblical knowledge and understanding of what's going on in the Bible and what's going on in our day with respect to the Bible. But you can also expect to see an increase in technological knowledge as well. And looking around, again, that's not very hard to, uh, to see happening in the world today. Back to Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 and 5. Jesus answered and said to them, that is his disciples, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. So another characteristic that Jesus said would be happening just before, that you could expect to see just before he returns, and that there, is that there would be a lot of people claiming to be Christ. And again, that's been going on for a number of years now, whether you're talking about Jim Jones or someone else, that was even a few years ago now. Jesus says, look around, and you're going to find a lot of people claiming to be Christ who aren't me. You're going to find a lot of people claiming to be prophets who aren't genuine prophets. And not that I'm suggesting you should, but if you should happen to stay up late at night and watch some, uh, some TV channels uh, after the regular programming goes off, you'll see that they put a lot of infomercials on. And some of those infomercials are kind of for psychics and prophets and things like that. And if you call them up and give them your, uh, your credit card number, they'll be more than happy to tell you what your future is. Uh, Jesus says, no, don't believe that foolishness. But when you see all that happening, know that my return is very, very near. What God is looking for today and hoping for today, and what we are praying for today, is that all these things happening in the world will encourage people to take their lives more seriously. Realize that momentous things are happening. It's not business as usual. It's not like it was, and as, uh, as Pastor Chris mentioned at the, at the beginning this evening, this, isn't, this type of thing has not happened in, in his life, in my life, uh, where you're seeing the things happening in the world that are happening right now. Uh, it's not the way things have always been. And God's hope and prayer, Christ's hope and prayer, is that this will cause people to, to come together as families, to connect with him, and to place their faith and hope in him when they see their world falling apart. Jesus wants to open our eyes to what's happening in the world. A lot of people are go through their lives with, with blinders on, and they're only focused on things that, that bring them happiness and joy, or at least what they think will bring them happiness and joy. They're, they're focused a great deal on themselves. But what Jesus wants to do is open our eyes to not earthly things, but heavenly things, eternal things. 
And with all these things happening around us in the world today, more and more people are starting to wonder what's this, what's going on in the world. In fact, one of the most frequently Googled topics or questions uh, today uh, on the internet is, is the coronavirus one of the last plagues? So that's one of the most, if not the most queried uh, statement or, or queried question that's on Google right now. Is this one of the last plagues? So people are thinking about it. But now what Christ hope is, is, is that they'll keep thinking about spiritual things and lift their gaze from the earthly things up to the heavenly things. It's real easy to get bogged down in a lot of the bad news that's happening in the world. And again, it doesn't matter what your preferred uh, news outlet is. The vast majority of what you're going to hear on there or read on there is bad news. But the good news is that all this bad news is letting us know that Jesus' return is very near. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There are a lot of messages, a ridiculous number of messages that are being shared in the world today, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or whatever the social media platform happens to be. There are millions of messages that are being exchanged around the world today between one person and another. The most important message that God hopes will get through the rest of all those messages is that Jesus is coming back soon. And the fact that we are living during the time of this coronavirus when it is upsetting the status quo is clear evidence that his return is very, very near. How near? The Bible doesn't tell us exactly. It doesn't say whether it's a week or a month or six months or a year or five years. But what it does say is that it's near. And the things that we're seeing in the world today, the world has never experienced before with this uh, intensity, with this rapidity. Yes, there have been diseases before. Yes, there have been earthquakes. Yes, there have been tornadoes. Yes, there have been tsunamis, but not pulling all the things together like they're happening right now. When Jesus said all these things are the beginning of sorrows, the phrase that he uses there, the word that he uses, he likens that to birth pains. So when a woman is about to give birth, you have the contractions. And they start off kind of slow. I'm, I'm speaking from a, from a great deal of experience here. This is the way they work. Uh, I'll, I'll let my wife uh, corroborate. You can check with her. But they start off slow and rather light. But as the baby nears, they get closer together and the contractions get harder and more painful. What we're seeing right now is those contractions coming together they're happening much more rapidly, and they're getting much more intense. But what Jesus says is when you see that happening, don't lose hope, don't lose faith. If anything, let it bring you closer to Jesus because he says, my coming is near, even at the doors. So as you take a look at what's happening in the world today with respect to the coronavirus, don't let it discourage you. Rather, be encouraged. Jesus' return is very, very near. So hopefully that's helpful to you, putting things in perspective just a little bit. Uh, Pastor Chris, do you want to chime in and, and give some, some thoughts on that as well? Well, thank you, Eric, for that, uh, for that presentation. I am uh, certainly convicted that things are changing, and um, 
when we compare this to other prophecies, Daniel 2, etc., we see that uh, his coming is soon. Well, we don't know exactly when, we know that it is soon. So uh, anyway, looking forward to that. This next week on Monday, we are having a dinner with a doctor and Dr. Nelson is putting together a presentation on the immune system and how to keep it strong and healthy. So if you're interested, or you know anybody that might be, uh, you're welcome to that. And so it'll be this coming Monday at six o'clock. It'll be an online presentation. And then uh, the following Thursday, we're going to have a follow-up study. We're going to study further in Matthew 24, dig a, do a little deeper dive and uh, pull out a few more things, if that's even possible, Eric. <laughs> um, and we'll explore a little further about uh, the end of time. So um, with that said, let's have prayer and uh, we'll, we'll conclude this Zoom. Father in heaven, we are grateful to you that you have given us your word, which gives clear guidance that when we see the leaves on the tree, we can know that summer is near. Thank you that we are not alone, that we are not left without one, I mean, we're left wondering, but we're given clear guidance on what we need to be doing at this time and to be walking with you. I just pray that you bless each one as we seek to know you more fully and are completely surrendered to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.